right. You are listening to Walkins Welcome, and we want to welcome you back. We're a podcast all about helping patient care service companies like urgent cares and chiropractors, physical and, therapists, yeah, primary cares, all you guys triple your revenue through digital marketing services and exceptional patient experience. Um, man, you know, it's funny. The, the episode we have today hits home, hits hard. It's relevant. Um, as we talk about talent retention and how to deal with like employee turnover, we're literally experiencing that in our own business right now. Michael, what's up, man? Yeah, I mean, it's, okay, so I'm, let's be, let's have a reality check, right? So we, we have inflation, right? We have recently the great re- resignation. How many, shun, how many shuns do we have right now in this country? Uh, a pandemic. Uh, everything's getting not with inflation but like everything's expensive right and people got to make money and they're going to do what they got to do to make money yeah it used to be it used to be um that culture like having a great culture would actually trump pay and benefits and all that kind of stuff yeah and here's the problem with that it's just not true anymore well so uh, there's like an asterisk yeah um and if you haven't noticed already this episode is a little different from our other episodes but this is just an opportunity for us to kind of this is what we know we right. want to tell you people like this is what we know you should probably is there something that you could apply here from our lessons or mistakes or learn what we learned but no yeah so the asterisk on culture versus pay so there's, there's an intersection somewhere yeah i know you can't see what i just drew it's just an x yeah so it's a good old-fashioned uh supply demand curve that's going exactly on. what it is but uh no so think about it this way so pay is important it really is but pay and cult like people wanting to work with you not regarding the pay like we used to always say culture is how i keep people and there's truth to it but ultimately People that do want to stay but can't can't afford to stay can't. Yeah, period. And I, and I get that because like I, I've I've come from I'm just I'm gonna guess just about everybody's come from a work environment where they were paid well but they did not want to be there like hated it and they they eventually left. That's right. Um, and so and the opposite is true. You love it but you're not paid well enough. You eventually left. But I will say this, if all things equal, if you are paying exactly what they need to be paid and competitively speaking, you're paying what they need to be paid, then culture becomes the deciding factor. That's right. So, it, it, but it shifted because it used to be, if you have a great work environment, people will never leave you. Well, they have to live. That's right. And when you have, everything gets more expensive, but your pay doesn't reflect that, you have crunch time. That's it. And it, it is nothing against the employee. It's nothing against the employer. It's just reality well there's that sweet spot mm-hmm. where your culture and your pay work together mm-hmm. and people may not leave you for a dollar or two more but the reality is we live in a world where especially in the patient care space like it's it's starving for employees yep. and so every urgent care every primary care like if you need a front desk person you have to make sure that you have both culture and pay in place because yep. it's so easy to move to another doctor's office because they're starving for them. Well, and, and that's the thing too, right? So they, nurses, they, doctors, it's unless there's something seriously wrong with the candidate, generally speaking, when you're talking to a candidate, you're competing. That's right. You're not just saying, oh, they'll take whatever I give them because I'm their only option. That's in today's world. That's not the case. I tell you, I used to work for Jay Alexander's. Um, it's a yeah, it's a restaurant. Fancy. Uh, you know how long I worked there? Oh. Like three days. And 
he, here's why. Um, I don't even remember. It was like, <laughs> I, I was starting a new restaurant job. I went there because I was expecting a good pay mm. um, based on tips, price of food and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And I remember I'd gone through the training, I'd passed the test, I'm ready to go serve. And they brought all of us out and lined all of the servers up. And I'll never forget the guy saying, it's a privilege for you to be here. We don't need you. You need us. And we're providing this opportunity for you to go make money and you're going to take care of our customers. And this and the other, I was like, that was it. Nope. I was done after that. I'm like, I already know there's writing on the wall. And Jay Alexander's arguably paid more than Outback Steakhouse. Oh. <laughs> arguably paid more. It's funny right. too. And like, so how can we tie this together to our podcast? <laughs> right. Think about how Start there, right? Well, think about how that mentality. I'm 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 the employer. I know I'm I'm better and you customer need me, so I don't really care what I charge or what I do. You can't, you know, and enter today's world. You have competitors in every which way. So you have to put your best foot forward and you gotta look good and you gotta be respectful of the client, of the employee, of whoever you're interacting with, because Here's the thing, if you don't have, generally speaking, if you don't have employees, you don't have a product or service to sell. Generally speaking. Here we are in wrapping up the month of July, 2022. Okay. Here's the world today. We have uh, nationwide, we have a 3.1% unemployment rate, which is virtually a 100% employment rate. Uh, Anybody who wants a job has a job. Anybody who wants a job can go work right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you take that. Um, you have inflation almost out of control at this point. Like 9%. So, so cost of living is going up. You have uh, you don't have a shortage of jobs. You have a shortage of, of employees and team members, right? Mm-hmm. So here's this perfect storm in that basically anybody can work remote just about. Now, I know that's not the case in the medical field. I get that. So there are levels to it. There are levels to it, but a doctor's got a doc. Yeah. And like my, uh, a good simple example, my wife's, so my mother-in-law, my wife's mom is a medical coder. She works from home. Right. Well, and then you also have telehealth on the rise. Yep. And And all these different situations, right? Mm -hmm. So why do I bring that up? Because culture is only going to work so far. Yep. And then also pay is only going to work so far. And they have to work together. And they have to work together. And that, it used to not be that way. It used to be you could create an amazing culture or you could just throw money at the problem. And you can't do either one of those things right now. Mm-hmm. And um, again, getting back to where we were, I've got, as always, five things. Now, there are about 15 to 20 things that I found out there. But these are things that I could relate to personally that I think that you could uh, put into your patient practice where you can start working on the retention of your team. We can call it Nick the Pastor. <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> so let's start by finding the right team members. You're going to eliminate a lot of that turnover if you bring on the right people, right? It's not tried and true, and it's not 100%, but if it's spend, better than the other way. Yeah, the other <laughs> thing is hiring out of desperation. And that never works. And it's funny, Michael, just not too long ago, I looked at you and said, I don't care what position we're in, we're not hiring out of desperation. We know where that goes. And and sometimes you have to make hard decisions to make that a thing. That's right. Because there are opportunities where you're like, I need this person. But yeah, generally speaking, if you hire just like, I, need, I don't care who, I just need a warm body to take care of this, and they look good enough, great. And then a month later like why did i do this so i want to say something before we go into each one of these even though i've already brought up finding the right team is all of this is predecessor on you knowing who you are as a company 
Mm-hmm. You have to know what you're about. You have to know what you do, who you are, who you want to be, where you're going. This requires thought and vision. And uh, in, in another piece, make sure you have a real organizational chart of what you're plugging in. That's right. Because if you're I've just, that too. <laughs> yeah, so if you're just hiring, but you don't know what you're hiring for, you, I just need somebody to do something for me. Uh, that's a problem. So we're making some assumptions. You, you know who you are, you know what seat you're trying to fill, and you know the responsibilities for that seat. Right. Because if you don't, you got to start there because you can't do much with that. A job posting doesn't mean much. It says, I need assistance. Right. <laughs> I need help. Well, the five that we put together are things that I think we do well at. And I left out the things that we don't do very well at because we're working on them. And I want to speak out of a place of like some some proper, like some good things. This is what the textbook says. That's That's right. So I'm going to go through, find the right talent real quick. Here is our interview process when we're bringing on new talent, new employees, new team members. First is we have an initial, like as we get the, the resumes in and we filter those resumes, we're looking for a culture fit. So we immediately send them over a disc assessment or a culture fit if it's somebody that we want to proceed with and have an interview. Yeah, so this is the person that they've checked all the right boxes. Now yep. we're making the first step. That's right. That's right. They, they step toward us. This is our step toward them. Mm-hmm. And if we feel that they are a culture fit, for us based on the data that we get on their personality profile. Great example would be, um, I want to hire a front desk person and they hate people. That's immediately like, you're not going to sit at my front desk if you hate people. Or I'm going to hire like a bookkeeper person, but they hate details. Or I'm going to hire a nurse and they have zero compassion. Yeah. Like, so obviously we're getting all the opposite versions, right? That's right. But like, generally speaking, if you're a front or receptionist, you have, you're a people person, right? You like talking to people, you like, interacting with them or i need to hire a billing person and they're high detailed yeah exactly so um but yeah so you're checking that because they may have the qualifications but if their culture or personality test comes back and it's just like mm, you're you say you have the qualifications but you may have been working in a strainful position and you really don't want to do this right because what happened then why does that matter because they may be great but then they're struggling and they're probably going to leave pretty yep. quick out of frustration. It, it, that position will turn over. And then if you want some evidence for it, I, I've learned this from the past, looking at so many applications, look at the history on their resume that they give you and look how quickly they turn their job. If they're turning every year, they're in, they may be in the right area, but they're not picking the right thing. And they're just it. hopping and they're going to hop on you. Your history repeats itself. History always repeats itself. Always. All right. Next, we're going to do an initial interview. Now, depending on how you do yours, it's going to either be video or it's going to be in person. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, But in that interview, really, I I want to get to know who they are, what they're about. I want to read their resume. I want to learn about their job history. I want to learn about them. Mm -hmm. Um, I want them to learn a a little bit about who we are, how we tick, what, what we're about. Our mission, vision, and values. What are their values? What are their values? Um, I want them to understand fully the position that we're, you know, we're, we're talking about. I say fully. That's not true. I want them to understand in general what the position's about and how that fits into the company. Yeah, because it's amazing when I, if we're interviewing somebody that's supposed to help take care of our clients, we call that CSM. Right. I remember going to an interview process with a lot of applicants and the ones that checked the box and the resume when I got into that first interview with them. I was like, okay, so explain to me what customer service looks like. He said, well, I did this. And I'm like, that's not what we do. Right. And it became real quick. Like, you're not an account manager like you think you are. It's terminology is very different for people. No doubt about it. And then, of course, we want to answer those questions for them. The second or the third thing is we want to test them. Mm -hmm. So for us, it's 
can you do SEO? Can you do pay-per-click evaluate this account? That kind of thing. So, test your skills. But for you, it's like, how do you answer a phone call if it's a front desk person? And you have to do a real test. Yeah. Like, like it, and this is the awkward part for some people. If you're trying to hire a front desk person, hire this role play right now. Yeah. And you need to have a script you're going to role play off of. You got to see how they react to it. And they're not going to be perfect, but you need to see how can they handle situations because when they're handed the real work, you need to know that they're capable of handling conflicts. Yeah. When I was in this part of my employment or or whether or not they were going to hire me for Coca-Cola, I had to sit in a room full of people that already worked at Coca-Cola managers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I had to sell them on a new product being put into a store and the marketing behind that. um, They did it in real time. I had like, they gave me 30 minutes to go review and then they said, come sell it to us. So that, that was just part of it is my skill test. That. It was interesting. I did pretty well though. How they marked um, Yeah, I got a good score. Like they even said they learned something from me, which is weird. Um, <laughs> anyway, so then the next one, okay, look, great. They passed it. Well, we need to go with the, over on number four, the full job description, expectations, requirements, hey. key results areas, key performance indicators, whatever mm. you want to call them. And we want to fully deep dive into the salary what that is what that looks like yeah this is basically if, if you're being hired this is what's going to happen one two three check right so that's simply what's going to be where there's no like i can't even imagine you signing up and you get your first day get your employment contract and it does not reflect what was discussed you're going to have that person quit that day right or just say I got some issues before I even start. And right. so this is the opportunity. You need to be transparent as possible and don't beat around the bush. Have real hard numbers, real hard expectations and how we're going to grade you essentially. Like right. this is the, these are those uh, key performance metrics. And this is what we're going to basically say you're doing a good job or not. And then also what we've learned, uh, it's good to have like a 90 day, trial period where you're saying i'm this is your test part right like i'm giving you this job i'm not guaranteeing this job i'm just giving like you've been hired but you're on probation for 90 days right which means you better be really good at what you do if you start making a ton of mistakes we're gonna let you go right so you got it so assuming all things are good there and they're still interested in the position and you're still interested in them this is what i call breaking bread uh internally it's called the spousal interview if they're married if not it's just going out with their immediate supervisor to dinner obviously we pay for that but we want to take them out to dinner because i want to meet their spouse and it's just what i've learned in the past is you don't just hire a person if they're married you get their spouse with them and if they're crazy crazy shows up at your door that's just been like, that's just what it's been. And people, I remember talking about this in front of a group of digital marketing Blew agencies their mind. and they lost their mind. They're like, remind me not to interview there. I was like, you must have a crazy wife. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Right. But listen, how many times have we been into a situation where like crazy has shown up in your life? Well, because uh, of that. I, so I, I remember when I went through this process with you guys and we like, Hey, we're going to have dinner. Uh, you want to meet Heather? Y'all are going to interact. Um, and I remember like, this is kind of weird, but okay. You know, whatever. So we went through it and it, I didn't know at the time, but like Heather could sit there and kind of figure out what's going on a little because it's an outsider looking in a little bit. Right. That's so right. you're not 
glazed over. Like, this is amazing. Let's do this. And then it was like, well, hang on. Did you think about this? So, but, so I took that. So that's me interviewing. Right. So then now when I've done the spouse interview, uh, I, I'm one of my, I'll say favorites, but most fascinating was, was the, the guy we're going to hire. He's like, this is awesome. We had it. We we're there. We were like a hundred percent there. He's right. like, I'm ready. My wife loves the idea. I got this. We love you, man. This is going to be amazing. We're going to kill it together. Go to dinner. Everything seem okay. And then the next day, I'm not going to take the offer. Yep. And it just like that. And now looking back, love the guy looking back. It's like, okay. He wasn't ready for that. Yeah. His, his wife wasn't really on board. Mm-mm. Not even a little bit. Um, and then she had an opportunity to ask her own questions and kind of dig in a little bit. And then it became obvious, like, it's not going to work. Okay, let me tell you what, that saves my company thousands of dollars. In time. Thousands of dollars for a 50, $50 meal. $60 meal, whatever it was worth every penny. Oh God. Like all the time and everything, because I would have onboarded him, bought him his computers and um, we would have spent all the time training and him. And three months later, he would have been gone. He'd have been out and it would have cost me a fortune. So yes. Okay. This sounds extreme. We're 16 minutes an episode and we've only made it through one bullet point. Right. So <laughs> makes I, difference. Pro- I promise the rest of them are going to work, but as you can tell, we're passionate about this, <laughs> how, how you start matters yeah how you bring people onto your company matters all so that prep work find the right talent next one how you make them feel is greater than what you say to them all right so now i'm talking about onboarding right how are you making them feel once they come on board with you will determine and set the tone really for their career well yeah and this can come in a lot of forms right it's one well, typically are, they do. Uh, are you organized like is this an organized process is this where it's a one, two, three check for them. And then I have to think about it. Right. Or it's like, ah, I don't know what you're doing today, um, but just figure it out. Um, and we've seen that. We that personally have seen that. Like, here you go. Here's a computer uh, log in there and let me know when you're done. Um, it's funny. So it'll be organized. It'd be like real organized, have a schedule, have a multi-day schedule. Uh, make sure you have opportunities for them to ask questions and dig it and don't expect them to have immediate work done the first day because it's just they're just trying to figure it out right um and then also make them feel like that you want them there mm-hmm. like talking about the uh, mention here about the swag bag and stuff like that where get them fully bought into your brand that's right like give them a t-shirt with your logo on it give them all this stuff to put on their desk or take home um and make it make them feel the way you want your patients to feel welcome is the way you want your employees to feel welcome and one of the things that i think is important is the way you make them feel will be duplicated into the process of their entire employment yep like this shouldn't be like a best you know this is my best face for today and then i'm done this is the wedding day and it's all crap from here that's right so yeah i remember when i worked for a radio station my my i started on day one and they put me back in a cubicle farm. Nobody talked to me for three days. And then you're like, am I employed here? Well, I finally just wandered out of the building and went and sold stuff. They're like, oh, he's actually going to sell. We should probably train him. That's how I got my training. Three days in the back office by myself. Nobody talking to me. I'm like, nobody's talking to me. I'm just going to go sell something. True story. And that may have been there's the weed test, right? Like we're going to weed you out. I guess so. Well, it was duplicated because I didn't know how to train anybody else. <laughs> anyway, so, hey, do your organizational stuff. You have to onboard people. You have to get their payroll set up. You have to do all of the things, but take them out to lunch. Go out and eat, right? Go have some, take them out with it, or actually have their team leader take them out to lunch. That's the way to do it. Or take that whole team out. If you're a big organization, if all the nurse, you just hired a new nurse, 
let all the nurses go take them out to lunch. You pay for it. You don't yeah. have to be there. Yeah. And, and, the, and the goal of it, you get them acclimated to it because there's a lot more conversation that goes on at lunch. More than just that, Michael, like when you have your whole team mm-hmm. taking them out to lunch, most likely they're not going to go sit down at that table with that other nurse and tell how crappy the place is if you're buying them all lunch. Yep. Most likely, <laughs> unless you have a crappy business. And that would yeah. suck. So spend time making them feel the way you want them to feel. Now, that's going to be totally based on your culture, your mission, your vision, your values. Yep. Right. Yeah. All right. So arguably, I'm not the best at this and I want to be better at it. But but number three is recognize and reward employees. Now, I did build this in a little bit into our culture with our we, we use a. Uh, an application called Slack that lets our whole team communicate and they're broken into channels. And I have one channel alone that is called the props channel where we just like digitally high five people who are doing great work. We baked it into our culture that works, but that's not the whole thing. It's got to be more than that. No. And and there's a lot, there's levels to this, right? Because you have to be careful because what what we learned ourselves, if you sit there and praise one particular person all the time and don't praise everybody else, it becomes a distaste. That's right. So you got to be careful Two, um, learn what they love. Right. You have to get And one of the things that we do, uh, the, uh, my favorite things list. So part of our onboarding, which is funny enough, we have a, a, a sheet and it says my favorite things. And it gives them like uh, seven, eight categories and they just fill out their favorite things. And that gives opportunity to talk about rewarding employees like, hey, a reward isn't always a hundred dollar bill or whatever monetary. It can be in the form of here's some baseball tickets or something like that to your favorite game. Here is a gift card to your favorite store. Or if you want to go even if you if you're limited on budget, here's your favorite drink Mountain Dew and a six pack of them. Here you go. Or beer or whatever it is. It just gives you simple opportunities to reward them and show that you appreciate. And then there's another level to that too. So we, we're really big about birthdays around here, mm-hmm. which, uh, Lo and behold, my birthday's tomorrow, so I got a little Happy birthday, Michael Ray. Uh, all right, yep. So I, I got a little surprise already today, which was fun. But um, but it's a it's an all team fastest application of a birthday present I've ever seen. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I saw. I was like, oh, I can do this real quick. Dude, put it on his truck like that. Yeah. I know y'all don't know what we're talking about. That's inside. I'm sorry. We'll bring you into it next time. But <laughs> that's funny. But um, but it's a whole team effort. It's not one person celebrating one person's birthday. The entire company is making a celebration out of it. Yes. Obviously, if you have hundreds of employees, there are some limitations tied around that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an entire office episodes dedicated to this issue, right? It, it is your birthday. It is your birthday, the monthly birthday committee or whatever. And, <laughs> it, and there's pushback. But if you're a small team, like less than 20 people, you can have individual birthdays. You can break. So uh, I'm a big proponent of Dave Ramsey's entree leadership. Okay. And I love to study how his business operates. They have thousands of employees and all that kind of stuff, but the birthdays are kind of like, it doesn't even have to be birthdays. It could be any kind of celebration you want to do. But the point is, this is done by the leader of whoever leads that team, not by the whole company. Yeah. Like our, our production team could do their own thing for birthdays. So we, I would never know. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, I love that. You can build your own culture within a culture. And you, and the, you're, as a company, you have a budget for it. Yeah. It's like, we have a hundred bucks for every birthday, whatever it is. I had an idea right in the middle of this, by the way. I saw you wrote it down. down. So do you see what it says? hundred dollar Target gift card, dress your desk. Just hand it to them on day one. This is part of the, the, how to make them feel, how you want them to feel. We have our own desk. They have their own vibe to it. Here's a hundred dollar gift card to Target. Make go your, go dress it. your desk. Yeah. There you anyway, go. just Ma- real Ma- time. Ma- right Ma- there. Maybe put an asterisk after the first 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. But it stays. Yeah, I like it though. Anyway. 
Cool. So keep going. All right. Uh, and other things too. So recognizing people for yeah. the work that they do. So obviously there's layers of expectation for doing good work, but then you should spend more, spend time celebrating the good work being done regularly. Right. Um, that's one of the biggest challenges that a lot of companies see that they get comfortable with the expectation and they don't show their appreciation. Um, and sometimes you just got to take the extra mile to make that a thing. So I'm making that a thing, by the way. I like it. I kind of like it too. Like I can see the bobbleheads and stuff that'll pop up. I love personality, y'all, and I want you to be you when you're here. All right, let's move on. Identify a clear career path. Now, here's what I've learned in the most recent past <laughs> is that <laughs> if you don't so tell recent. people where they're going and how to get there, they're going to go find somebody who'll tell it to them. Yeah. Okay. And 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 not only that, you're telling it's written down. Yeah. It's agreed upon and it's reminded of. With expectation. Yep. Yep. So, uh, and a good example of this. So, my brother used to work for the FDIC. Yes. And so, real thick, quick thing FDIC, they regulate banks. So, it's a government based thing. Yay. Obviously, government has lots of ways. Everything's written down, there's a process behind everything. So, I re- distinctly remember when he started his job the first month, he's like, I, for me to get my maximized pay, I got to do these things. I think I can get it done in four years or less. He got done in three years. That's good. And he maxed out his pay. He stayed there for a while and then he left. There was no clear path forward. Yeah. After that, he hit the wall. Yeah. And then he was done. And he's like, and then, and then he even said, he's like, I I maxed out. Like I'm at my top tier and wherever I can do my next move up, I'd have to go to another city at the move, like a couple hundred miles away. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do it. And then also I've looked at my coworkers who've done that. They're all divorced. They have a horrible family life. He's like, I'm either going to be comfortable where I'm at or I'm going to go somewhere else. You're going to have to find some other opportunity. Yep. And I tell you what, the smaller your patient care business, your urgent care, your chiropractor business, whatever, the smaller it is, the closer you are to that wall. Yeah. Yeah. You you may be one step. Yeah. I mean, like you could hire somebody into a position with literally nowhere to go up. And that's where you have to have a clear path of how to build underneath. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, I don't know what that looks like for your business. For us, it looks like um, if I, if I hire a search engine optimizer, right. Somebody who's going to do that. Optimizer. Well, <laughs> our, our SEO, right. And I know that that's, that position is going to expand. Mm-hmm. It's either going to expand with that person building underneath them or somebody's going to go above them who stands out and shines. Yep. Right. But either way, that's going to build everything pyramids at some point. Yeah, it right? really does. So, like, like there's levels to everything. Biggest like, pyramid scheme in the world is an employment. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Although I, I am watching a fantastic thing on Amazon right now. Have you seen LuLaRoe? I have not. Oh my word. Sorry. Right. So I think if you guys know is much that, about those, Amazon, those are the tight pants people. Yeah. Okay. And they sell on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, there's four episodes of the rise and demise of LuLaRoe. Oh, it, it is amazing. Heather has a lot of this. Anyway, <laughs> I've spent plenty of money on the LuLaRoe. story behind it's fast. I kind of can't wait to see it. It's pretty good. All right. Let's keep going. <laughs> on. So identify that clear path. And then Michael, nobody has experienced this more than you. Um, and nobody has adhered to how it should be more than you. And that is encouraging a healthy work-life balance. Yes. And a lot of people say, oh, work-life, there is no work-life balance or just balance or just life. Well, you can say that all day. It's a new way of saying work-life balance, but what it boils down to, um, you, you're working most of your life. You're working a third of your life, right? 
eight hours a day you're putting work in mm-hmm. 16 hours a day you're either sleeping or at home or doing something at home so you have to recognize that there's an on-off switch with this stuff mm-hmm. and it's super hard for some people to turn off that switch um and from our so our standpoint like we're not medical right we don't have patients that may be dying or something like that it's a different model but we are the way the world works our entire world is on the internet, which means our entire world can come from our phone. Right. And so we have to be structured about that. So a couple of things that we do, we are a nine to five company. We don't talk until nine and we quit talking after five. That's right. Period. Uh, and we, and we laid up those expectations through our clients unless in our world, the only real emergency is the website's down beyond that. Generally speaking, we don't have real emergencies. Um, if they don't write urgent in that text message or urgent in that email, I'm not paying attention. Right. And then, and that's, and this, if you're curious, how do you make cu- customers realize this? Don't train bad behavior. If they, if they send you a text at seven o'clock at night and you instantly respond, you just gave them a checkbox in their head. I can text this guy anytime I want and he'll take care of me. Right. And they, and not being mean about it, but they're taking advantage of you or you don't respond to the text until nine o'clock the next morning and take care of it then right. or you don't respond to text at all and you email them and you retrain their thought process right. quit texting me email me well i think there's some crossover here too and and i think really if you're going to make this work at your at your company your organization so there has to be the flip side of that too like mm-hmm. you're telling you're telling your team not to mess with business after hours and on weekends you have every right in the world to tell them not to mess with their personal life at, at your job too. Yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I like you giving them the privilege Yeah. of life is life and work is work. I've told you not to mix work with life. I'm asking you not to mix life and work. Right. Uh, now there's limitations there, but ultimately you should, as a uh, manager, owner, whatever, you shouldn't feel bad if you notice that someone's, texting their spouse all day every day yeah and like hey put your phone up i, I need you i need your attention right. be here don't be, don't be there and nobody wins if if you're splitting your attention nobody wins that's right and and the moment you bleed over into their life they're going to start bleeding over into your expectations yeah so I, I just think that's important to know i think that the meeting that we had the other day where the person was saying that their boss was too involved with their personal lives uh, talking about somebody we're interviewing right and it caused half the team to leave that's right and it's because there was no barrier there was no boundaries yes there has to be boundaries yeah every single and i know it's hard to think about too but the reality is there are, if you can't treat your people right, they're not going to return the favor and eventually they're going to leave. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Well, I wrote three sentences down and that is be present at work, mm-hmm. be present at home and bake that into your company culture. Yep. Bake that into your practice. Yep. Okay. Um, it's only going to happen if you're intentional about it. Otherwise it's free reign, man. People are going to do whatever they want, whenever they want. And unfortunately, so will you. And you'll be texting your nurses at night. You'll be texting your front desk on the weekend uh, when you may be closed. And that's just not acceptable either. So having clear boundaries. And sometimes it's not nine to five. Sometimes you have staggered weeks. Most urgent cares that we work with, most medical facilities, well, actually, most primary cares are not on the weekend. But most urgent cares are nights and weekends. So as long as you establish your own boundaries, you need to live in those boundaries. Well, I would say, and one thing I forgot to mention, this is the vacations, right? Yeah. Uh, we have strict policies on You're vacation. the best at that. I've gotten really good. Yeah. Uh, 
we have a real strict policy about vacation. So when someone goes on vacation, you cannot contact them unless the world's on fire and it's not going to be. And it's really not. And it's not going to be. And so you cannot contact them. The person that's taking the vacation, you log out all, all your accounts. Your phone does not work on work anymore. Like this doesn't deal with work anymore at that point, if that's how you communicate. Um, you, If you get a call from a client or a customer or a patient, whatever, you don't answer it. You get another team member say, hey, this person tried to call me. Can y'all reach back out to them and let that be? Um, I, when I went on vacation a couple of weeks ago, day one, I had a missed call from a client, texted you and Devin, and then y'all took care of it. Didn't right. think about it. Right. The rest of the time, I was logged out of Slack. I was logged out of my email. Didn't care. And a lot of crap went on that week. I was gone. I didn't even know. And it yep. was fan. And I came back and it was all done. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We actually have a team of people who know how to work. Yeah. So, and that's the other part, too. You also need to use vacation to find your blind spots in your company. Because mm -hmm. if somebody's doing too much, you don't know about a vacation is the only way to reveal that. That's right. Period. Yeah. And by the way, make them take vacations. That is not this. this we have unlimited vacation time. That's the biggest load of crap I've ever heard because 100% free time means nobody will take it. Well, and like we, in, the, in our culture, we don't have a lot of guilt in our culture except for vacations. Oh, we, I will guilt you into leaving the company. Yeah, we guilt you to take your vacation. Don't be taking no day at a time every Friday, Michael Ray. <sighs> yeah. Circumstantial, it's all good. All right, <laughs> look, here's the thing. We're trying to help you prevent employee turnover and much like medicine, the best medicine is first preventative, right? So find the right talent, do your due diligence to try and attempt to bring on the right people. Okay. Yeah. Um, just determine how you want them to feel when they get there and then do that. They don't just say, this is what we want you to feel like. No, create an experience for your new hires. Right. And then maintain that experience. We like to laugh here. We like to have a good time. Your culture doesn't end after they first get started. Your culture continues. It should be an extension of your culture. You're proving your culture. Recognize and reward your employees. Uh, I wish I knew how to do this better, and this is something I'm committed to doing a better job at, um, although we do okay. Um, identify a clear path, uh, and that can look any way you want it to look, all right? But you just need to identify, get, get buy-in, and get agreement. Yep. And then uh, encourage a healthy work-life balance. Mm -hmm. Be at work, be at home, bake it into your culture. There you go. That's awesome. it. That's our top five for uh, maintaining retention in your employees whenever you're seeing turnover. This is a longer episode, but you can, can tell there's some passion behind it. Um, send us an email. What are you doing to, in your hiring process that's unique that you think could be beneficial for people to know about? What is something that you love about your culture that should be reflected other places? Let us know. We love emails from uh, our listeners. So please reach out. As always, we appreciate you listening. We'd love your feedback. Um, leave us a review and uh, tell somebody about us. We'd love to be able to invite them into our world, into our culture, into our conversation. And uh, we can't do that if you're not telling anybody about it. So we'd appreciate it if you did. And uh, we look forward to our next episode with you. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. All right.